Welcome to This Week in Tech with Gene Destro. Now is your chance to get caught up in all that's happening in technology around Akron and the rest of the world. Now here's your host, Gene Destro. Welcome to a special bonus edition of This Week in Tech. Today, I'm talking to CBS national security consultant and military analyst Jeff McCausland about how Israel recently foiled a cyber attack from a shadowy group that the U.S. has linked to North Korea and how that could affect us here in the U.S. Publicly, the Ministry of Defense in Israel said they deflected the attack in real time and that no real harm or disruption was done to its systems. However, some security research at a place called ClearSky in Israel, which is an international cybersecurity firm, said that the attack actually may have allowed the North Koreans to gain large numbers of classified documents from these particular files, that those documents and data could in fact be shared with Iran, because they think perhaps the North Koreans are doing this on behalf of the Iranians. And it's interesting in many ways because Israel and Iran have been doing, if you will, kind of a proxy war or, or a cyber war. For the last several months, uh, we know that the Iranians began with an attempt at breaking into the computers, controlling a major water system in Israel to raise the level of chlorine in the water to some believe dangerous levels. In response, it's widely believed the Israelis countered by a series of cyber attacks against a major port facility in Iran, which resulted in a major backup in terms of ships being able to offload. In addition to that, there have been a series of attacks on the ground in Iran against reputed to be nuclear facilities or parts of the defense industry or military installations in Iran that have not been explained by the Iranians, and it's believed perhaps the Israelis also are behind those particular attacks. When it comes to this particular attack, were they attacking the actual Israeli military, or was this military contractors or a combination of both? No, it appears to be perhaps a combination of both, but primarily the defense industry. And for the United States, of course, there is concern because we've seen evidence of similar attempts by these North Korean hacking groups, which are called Lazarus, and do it in behalf of a North Korean military intelligence unit called Lab 110, which also have been directed against U.S. defense industry items such as Boeing, McDonnell Douglas, or even the British BAE Corporation. And apparently what these hackers now are trying to do is, as the security defenses of the respective corporations have improved, they now target individuals. Individuals, in one case, was an engineer, and by using false names and a false LinkedIn profile, uh, North Korean hackers attempted to contact him and use that contact then to subsequently get email addresses and the like so they could infiltrate his personal computer and over time migrate that into classified files that he was working on. So it's not necessarily so much a denial of service attack or a straight out attack on the network per se. It is more of a social engineering kind of thing where they try to influence somebody to give away information that they wouldn't normally be expected to give away. Or, in fact, more that they would allow them to access their computer, and then they can introduce what, in fact, we're called in the cyber world Trojans, which is computer programming inside that particular computer that allows them third-party access to more and more information stored in that particular computer. So it's not actually a violation where someone's giving information away. It's by getting into his computer, we're able then to spread throughout that almost like a virus, and from that acquire additional information once a penetration has been made. Certainly, these particular groups have tried to do the other things. We know that they're involved, for example, in the 2017 WannaCry cyber attack, which fried about 300,000 computers worldwide. 
as well as going after a bank in Bangladesh in 2016 and extorting about $61 million. And it's also believed they were the ones responsible for the 2014 attack on Sony Pictures, which destroyed about two-thirds of that corporation's computer system. So what's our takeaway here then for the U.S. government, for the U.S. military, and for the U.S. public then at large? What do we need to be on guard for? And is this a harbinger of things to come for here? Well, I think really three things. One is, of course, North Korea. And North Korea continues to be a problem that we've got to deal with. North Koreans are doing this to invade sanctions, to gain income. In fact, they're also now, many believe, doing hacking for hire, that the Iranians may have actually hired them. So North Korea is a problem number one. Number two, we can see that this now is becoming more and more the ongoing cyber war that continues on a daily basis. And as a consequence, all our defenses for classified government computers, DOD and associated defense industries have got to realize that there'll be tit-for-tat attacks, unfortunately, that will grow across the international system. And finally, now, we see a diversion of these hacking efforts away from direct attacks on government computers or on corporate computers but trying to go after individuals through social media, such as LinkedIn, WhatsApp, et cetera, to create these false identities and use that as a vehicle to penetrate personal computers and hopefully subsequently then penetrate government or corporate computers. Is there any indication or have you heard that we are at any heightened risk right now because of the pandemic in terms of our own cybersecurity here in the U.S.? Well, clearly it's believed, for example, that this attack against the Israeli water system by the North Koreans, and some believe on behalf of the Iranians, was done at this particular moment because of the pandemic, a lot more people at home, and so going after the water system seemed to be something that was much more of a vulnerability. Uh, beyond that, of course, we know that there's a greater dependency on the Internet system right now because of the fact that everyone's working from home, kids are going to school online, etc. And we've seen massive increases in the use of technological systems. For example, Zoom went from about 20 million subscribers to about 250 million subscribers in the matter of a few months. And all of those systems then become vulnerable if, in fact, corporations or government officials are using their those for official business for hackers to, as they call it, Zoom bomb a meeting or record a meeting that's ongoing or influence what's going on. We heard a report maybe about a month or so ago, maybe two months ago from Cammy McCormick there at CBS about how the Pentagon was having a lot of their employees working from home uh, and that they would be working from home in at least the foreseeable future because of the pandemic. Is that of any particular concern from a security standpoint? Oh, absolutely. Because as soon as you operate remotely, then the real question becomes, you know, are we accessing a government computer? Are you working off a personal computer? Is If you're working off a personal computer, does that mean that, therefore, that could be infected with a virus that can then migrate onto an official computer? So there's a lot of concern about that in terms of uh, greater opportunities for hackers such as these North Koreans to attack our systems. It really increases the vulnerability and heightens and makes more difficult the whole security problem. So recognizing that, do you know of any specific concrete actions then that the government has taken to ensure that those employees that are working from home really have a more stable and secure network back to the Pentagon? I don't know for certain, but I only can imagine that there's heightened briefings for people on trying to make sure they segregate their government business from their personal business, making sure they're doing it from separate machines, making sure they take all the precautions to ensure passwords are as secure as possible, using CAT cards for access to government computers as opposed to simply 
using password access devices. But there's no doubt about it. Once you distribute that, you're still dependent on commercial networks for access to the mainframe. And as a consequence, when you do that, it would seem the vulnerabilities go up significantly. I see. So any last words, any last thoughts on this topic before we close out? Well, I think this worries them from the point of view, first of all, of North Korea and North Korea continues to be a problem. As we move towards the elections in November, it only seems to me that North Korea is going to be more and more provocative as it tries to indirectly or directly influence the American elections. And number two is that we need to, as Americans, realize we're more and more in this nether war of ongoing cyber wars and cyber attacks from country back to countries that unfortunately is going to continue and probably get larger. And then last but not least, that there is even now greater vulnerabilities to our personal networks, particularly through social media, that each of us needs to pay attention to. That was CBS National Security Consultant and Military Analyst Jeff McCausland. Thanks for listening. Stay happy and healthy, and we'll see you again next week. That was This Week in Tech with Gene Destro. Tune in next week for more tech news on 93.5-1590-WAKR and WAKR.net. <laughs>